This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. Are you thinking about doing your own podcast, but you don't know how? Well, have you heard about Anchor? It's actually the platform that I'm hosting through this right now. And yes, it's free. Not only is it free, it's super easy to use. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so much more. It's really that easy. And guess what? You can actually make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's a big deal. So it's really everything you need in one place to make an amazing podcast. All you have to do is download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. You could see the back of his head while he was leaving the gate like he was running you know we're like ah like scatter 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 so my mom sees the back of his head mind you my mom doesn't know that i have a boyfriend doesn't know what's going on sees the back of his head she's like get your fucking ass in this house right now my god that's just so scary and my mom never hit me yeah but i knew i was fucked yeah so in, in five, four, three, two, one. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Genius Brain Podcast. Uh, this is a very special episode because we have my Hawaiian crush on here today. We have Nikki Blades, probably one of my favorite radio personalities, a woman with brains and beauty. Nikki Blades is in the house, everybody. Thank you, man. I have been wanting to be <laughs> here. First off, I was super upset when you did the podcast with Tim during quarantine uh-huh. and I wasn't there. Oh, really? I was so <laughs> mad because I had already been a fan, right? Like yeah. everybody that's in the No Chaser circle and JK News and just in general, right? So I've been infiltrating, as I said, I've been infiltrating yeah. your guys's group. Yeah. And when quarantine hit, I couldn't come down. Mm. Everything had to be filmed at Tim's house. Yeah. Tim was like, you're not coming. I was like, I'm not traveling. I'm not leaving. Mm-hmm. We all got to be safe. This was, we were super serious about it. But then when you went on, I was like, <laughs> Nikki, it's because you're intimidating, okay? I was like, you're so intimidating as fuck. You want to go and be on the podcast when I'm not there? And then it was like, okay, so when are you going to come back? And that was the whole question was like, well, how am I going to get in the same room with this man? <laughs> okay, know, either I'm going to come on Send Foods, I'm going to just start inviting myself to episodes of you everything know what you the and funny Tim thing do. thing is, though, like, you could ask all my friends, like, when I when I was a kid, number one, I love Hawaii, right? So mm. I I this is the first year I haven't been back to Hawaii in ten years. Wow! So I go twice a year. Wow! That's how much I love Hawaii. Right? Okay. The people, the culture, the food. I mean, I don't know if I could live there per se. In, mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. especially because we moved out here, things are popping. It's a little different, right? right. But I remember when I saw a photo of you, I was like, <laughs> if when my like young high school David had a picture of a girl that he wanted to be with, it was Nikki Blades. <laughs> I was like, yo, my fucking 15-year-old self right now is tripping, you know? And I'm like, and then I was like, oh, what, what ethnicity is she? I was like, where are you from? She's like, she's from Hawaii. I was like, get the fuck out of yep. here right now. Yo, what the fuck is going on? You know what I mean? I was like, yo, Mary, hold on a second real quick. Like, Hi, how are you? <laughs> the voice changed. That's nuts. So you grew up in Hawaii? Yes. So I'm from Oahu. Mm-hmm. Uh, Makakilo is where my dad is from and where, where I grew up. Mm-hmm. I left when I was about six, and then I moved to a small town called Newman. Okay. Central Valley. 
not out here. When you ever say the valley to anybody from LA or that lives in LA, they're mm. like, uh, the valley out here. I'm like, no, 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 bitch, where almonds come from. <laughs> yeah. Like, like the valley, the valley. valley, where produce actually yeah. comes from. I grew up there, uh-huh. had my 18th birthday in a canal. Like, that's fucking funny. Seriously, yo. grew yeah. up out there. Um, and then I would go back and forth from California to Hawaii. I didn't do that until I was out of college because yeah. I played travel ball. So I traveled the US playing softball and volleyball. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah. So I traveled playing softball, volleyball, and that was from since I was like eight. I traveled the United States getting to play. And that was my life. Sports was my life. Then when I was done, I wanted to go back home a lot. So I would go back and forth to Hawaii. There'd be times, oh my God, my ex-boyfriend used to hate it. I would be like, I'm going back home. They're like, what? We would fight and I would hop a flight to Hawaii. Wow. I would just go back. And my parents really love that we connected with going back home. My parents didn't go home a lot. And now they still live in Newman. They're still out there. Okay. But I haven't been home, I want to say in a couple years, because the last time I went was for a funeral. Yikes. And it was really tough because that's paradise for a lot of people, but that's still home. Mm -hmm. And you still got to deal with home issues. And those things don't go away. But I feel like once the pandemic is chilled out, I don't want to be disrespectful and go home. And bring that to the island like a lot of people kind of just blatantly did during the pandemic because they just wanted to go to Hawaii. Yeah. Um, I'm waiting till stuff is a little bit better. I got friends back there trying to get me to come back home. I miss it. Do you, would you, can you ever see yourself moving back? No. Okay. That was fast. Well, that wraps up this podcast, guys. (laughs) No, No, but, but living, living in Hawaii right now would not make sense for what I want in life. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. Uh, do I see myself going back eventually? I always see myself having multiple homes. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to get homestead. I would love to have something that my family can go to. I'd love to have a place that my dad, my mom, my nieces, you know, my family could go. That's the goal. Yeah. Own own land in Hawaii so that my family can go. And we're ultimately fighting for land in a sense, you know, like everybody's yeah. coming in and buying. So why wouldn't I want to do that? Mm-hmm. Um, but I really got to be where the money's at. And the goal is to be wherever that is. Yeah. And hopefully that could be in Hawaii. But I don't see myself just being there. How many years were you in Hawaii before you moved over to the mainland? Six. Six. Okay. Yeah. But then I grew up Hawaii. Yeah. Like everyday Hawaii. The, yeah. I moved and from- And you know what was fucking wild? When I was on No Chaser, you started doing the fucking pigeon. <laughs> you started well, speaking I, in pigeon. Well, I was when like, I went no. talk, When I went and talk about my dad, yeah. I, I, can call, <laughs> I can call my dad right now. Like my dad and I are so close mm. that- he is the epitome of what I think of as like local boy. Yeah. Local Hawaiian. Is he like guy. a moke? Like just kind of. No, actually, my dad is, they would call him like more of the city boy. My dad okay. is more city boy. He was definitely Oahu, was in the nightlife. My dad is 6'2, green eyes. You uh-huh. know, he was the pretty boy. Yeah. Um, my sisters, I still have sisters that are out there. They call me city girl. Oh, okay. I am not a moke. I'm not country. But my uh-huh. mom, my mom is from Pearl City. Okay. So my mom used to scrap. My so mom was not the she's one. The, she's the titter with uh-huh. the fucking the, the bun the on bun. top. <laughs> my mom is not the one. And yeah. my aunt, you know, my aunt um, actually just recently moved from Hawaii and live with my parents now. Mm-hmm. So my mom's sister, my auntie uh, Renee lives with my mom and my dad. And it's so different because I went from when I was young living in a house full of Hawaiian. So when we moved from Hawaii to the mainland, it was like 13 of us in a house. Yeah. Right. Like I used to live um, at one point in time, my parents were living in a makeshift room in the garage and I was living on the side of the house with my sister. You know, they would build out like Mm -hmm. they had a house and they built 
rooms, you know, essentially I was sleeping next to the kitchen growing up. Yeah. And like the floor was the cement outside and they would have to go and pad it. And, you know, that's that's how we grew up. And growing up local style is very different than, you know, you leave your house and then I'm hanging out with my friends that are like from Modesto or in the valley and they just have no idea what I'm talking about. Like, yeah, they don't get that shit is crazy in the house at all times like barbecuing on the corner fights on the corner uh 13 cars 17 people going Yo, in so and out of the house I, I would tell people about, about this and pe- people don't understand and i and i told the story when i was in hawaii and the about the fight culture there yeah right and mm-hmm. you know there's there's waikiki and like the main city area right that's different mm-hmm. like that's not that's not local shit no like I've seen local dudes scrap like it's nothing, mm-hmm. and then they'll fucking go and have a beer after. Yes, and I've never seen some shit like that in my life. Like that shit scared the shit out of me. I'm talking about I was at a bar, and this dude was like, "You got beef, bro?" And I'm like, "Man, this motherfucker about to cook something." <laughs> like, yeah, what's happening, right? And these dudes yeah. go outside of the bar, mm-hmm. they start scrapping, like Handle throwing it. down. I'm like, "Are these fucking UFC fighters?" Yeah, but these guys can scrap. Mm-hmm. Beats the shit out of this dude. Right. It was actually a pretty close fight, but he cracked him real hard. I don't know yeah. what the fuck it was. I was mm-hmm. drunk as fuck. And they come in. He's like, you good, brother? He's like, yeah. He goes, he buys him a beer and Powell. they squash it and they move. I'm yep. like, what the fuck just happened? Yeah. You it, know? I was super aggressive for a long time. Like, mm. really, really aggressive. And mind you, I tell people that I'm one of the nicest ones in my family. <laughs> like, I am the yeah. nice one. I'm the sensitive. Mm-hmm. I'm the crybaby. I'm emotional. I was very much picked on and i didn't know how to express my feelings because you you also know you're not allowed to talk back there mm-hmm. is no i had no feelings yeah <laughs> you, you do as daddy your, this is how i know what the fuck is feelings no yeah. i was the i'm the sensitive crybaby one um but my mom taught me how to throw punches like real early like she would put a piece of paper on the wall and i knew how to throw punches that's the most ghettoest thing i've ever yep. heard in my life piece I'm of sorry. paper my mom that, my mom is fucking ghetto well, a big, your mom fucking but, put, a, put a, piece a piece of paper, paper and practice yeah practice throwing punches my mom got into a lot of fights in hawaii yeah a lot and like you were saying fight culture is real you fight if you pretty you fight if you go to the wrong school you fight if you're yeah. in the wrong place at the wrong time you fight yeah and you gotta know how to fight that was it and part of the reason why they took us from hawaii and brought us out into a small, small, small controlled environment in a town with two stop signs. There weren't even stoplights in the town I grew up in. Okay. That's fucking crazy. Yes. Bro. And that my parents still live out there and I still always show Newman love. Like my family is still out there. I go back as much as possible to see, you know, spend time with them. But growing up, my mom didn't want us to deal with the same things. Yeah. My mom used to have to make a decision every day. Am I going to take the school bus and go to school or the city bus and go to the beach? Every day she would make a decision, what do I feel like doing? And my dad was more straight-laced than my mom was as far as like education, upbringing, things like that. So it's a good balance when we had moved to California. But my parents wanted the best for me. They did not want me to have to deal with the same things that they dealt with. Yeah. Just the everyday, like you have to fight. And if you didn't know how to fight, you get your ass beat. And then if you get your ass beat when you're out and you come home, you're going to get your ass beat because you got your ass beat. That, I think that was like the funniest thing too. <laughs> I feel like when you grew up with like these very like, our parents seem very similar, right? Yeah. It's like when when I was a kid, I used to get bullied a lot, and so but my dad wouldn't like the fact that somebody would bully me. Mm. So he goes, "Well, if they just say words to you, let them say words. But if they touch you, right, 
do something about it. Got it. So I got into a lot of trouble, right? Because I was a geeky little fat kid. But then my dad, I had Korean rage. And so they would like touch. So I would literally just say a word. And yeah. I, and you know, the, the principal and then the teachers caught on. It's like, you got to stop fighting because I started becoming a, pro, a provocateur because I'd be like, hey, just touch me. Right. Because uh, <laughs> so then, yeah, then I wouldn't get my ass beat at home. Yeah. Because they would be the first one to attack. Right. But they caught on real quick. It's mm-hmm. like, you're just saying that so you can beat them up. Yeah. You know? And so my dad, so I would get into a fight. My And, you know, per my dad's advice, I would come back home. He goes, you got into a fight? And then I get my ass beat. I'm like, right. yo, this is a lose-lose situation. lose. Yeah. Lose. Yeah. When I was going in, when I was in school, I definitely wasn't starting no fights. I wasn't, I stayed out of trouble a lot. I was a yeah. super, super, super square. Like, really couldn't do anything up until I was done with high school. My dad was very, very strict. They had goals. My parents left Hawaii and they put goals as far as they wanted me to graduate high school. They didn't want me to have a baby at 16 like a lot of the people in my family did. And just like a lot of the culture in Hawaii is you go and make babies. You make babies. Everybody got hella kids. You know, like everybody got kids and you go beach and it's very family oriented, which is what I love about our cultures. Family is the foundation for everything. Like I was taught, grew up with so much respect for elders and my aunts and my uncles and really loving the everybody's auntie everybody's (laughs) auntie uncle so even to this day when i say certain things like my friends their kids i'm auntie because you're not going to be disrespectful you're not going to call me by my by my name who the fuck you are not no 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 no. yeah i am auntie Mm -hmm. and i will treat you like you're my niece and Mm -hmm. once you're in that realm like that's my baby i always want to take care of you know the kids and that's one thing i took away from it but growing up it like the shit you see you realize it's not normal right like People fighting over the dumbest shit is not normal. People yelling all the time just yell is not normal. It shouldn't be okay. You know, um, the the fights I've seen people go through walls. I've seen, you know, uncles throw somebody through a door. Like, Yo, man, that's like the, the, the funny thing <laughs> is like, like nor- but that's what so many people, if I complain, you know, like my cousins, we could all sit here and we will laugh because we're the only ones that get it. Yo, let me tell you something. When I went to college, right. And, you know, there's like this moment when you're in your dorm room and you're sharing these stories, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, I went to Riverside. Riverside wasn't a, uh, it wasn't academically really known for smart people. Like, I got it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I got yeah, into yeah, the yeah. fucking school. Right. I, I didn't even apply to Riverside like you're in. Like, yeah. they just They're needed like, people. Oh, thank you. Just please come but in. Please come in, right? But then a lot of these kids who lived in Los Angeles, they went to Riverside because it was close to home and they got full ride scholarships, mm. right? Because they were just handing them out because they needed people who were academically really successful right. to come to this school. So I remember just like sharing these like family stories and I'm thinking people can relate, right? You know, <laughs> did you realize? You know, and then I told the story and you know, I'm laughing about this. And I remember I looked around the room and everybody was mortified. I was like, yo man, I had this one uncle. He got so mad at me. He threw his butcher knife and he barely missed my nose. <laughs> you know? And everybody's like dead quiet. Like, I'm like, oh, y'all don't have that? No. I'm like, well, just all right. me. Well, okay. They're yeah. like, you know you can let us know if it's still happening. <laughs> right? Are you okay? You can stay over at our house. Man, I'm like, no, it's my fine. dad used to tell people he hit me. My dad used to tell people. And <laughs> he used to tell people. There yeah. was no, like, it was what it was. Mm-hmm. Our family growing up in a small town, Hawaiian South. There, I grew up Hawaiian every day. There was not a day I wasn't Hawaiian. Yeah. I'm very, very, very proud of being Hawaiian. I love my culture. I love, you know, who we are and what they've given me but growing up in a small town being the hawaiian girl to woody's daughter it was what i was known as everybody knew who my dad was my dad made it very very known that if my daughter fucks up and you're there and you see it and you don't tell me and we're friends i'm coming for you 
Wow. So I used to get snitched out for the dumbest shit. Like I had a real problem with the town that I grew up in for a long time because I hated how people were so afraid and they didn't realize that it was fucking up my shit. Like if I just want to be a normal kid and I want to go downtown and get pizza, by the way, downtown is a walk from the school. It's literally two stop signs. Like it's not a big town. People used to snitch me out to my dad. And the thing was, is like, if somebody saw me, I never knew what I was coming home to. God damn. I never knew what was going to happen. And a big thing that my dad always, always was, don't embarrass me. And there was nothing worse than him finding out about me doing something and me not being the one to tell him. Are you Korean? (laughs) (laughs) That's like some Korean shit. When we were, when you were on the podcast and you were saying certain things, I'm like, yeah, that's, I get it. it. Because it was always like, do you know how that makes me look? Right. Not like how it makes us feel. Oh my God. <laughs> you know? The I went to a club. Mm-hmm. It was a 18 and under. It was like a 16 and up club. You know, one of those little things. It was in Modesto. Yeah, we, had, we had a joint. It was called Polari out in Sacramento. <laughs> yeah. So so we had one in Modesto. And I remember we were at one of our family friend's house, my dad's friend's house. And the daughter, I had a boyfriend at the time. My dad didn't know. Modesto is trash, by the way. <laughs> like, Yo, that place is ghetto, dude. It's get, like, Yo, it's ghetto. Like, I'm talking about like. I knew some terrible, terrible human beings, mm-hmm. and they were out in Stockton and Modesto. Stockton and Modesto, shout out Stockton. I and, did radio out there. So. And let me tell you something. I heard it got a lot better, but it did. and there's still spots that are really bad. Oh. But literally, like in an area where there's mm-hmm. nothing else to do, there's only fucking dirt. That's it. Right. It's literally you got to do dirt just to have fun. One of my home, uh, one of my homeboys is a police officer out there. Had seen that I was into. Actually, I went to go get pho, and he was. Um, I went by myself. And it was nighttime, but I wasn't thinking nothing of it. I'm like, yeah. I'm just going to go run in and get some fuck. He uh, actually was working and mm-hmm. he saw me. Mind you, no, I don't live in Modesto. I like, I just, are you so, trying to get raped? He got out of his cop car and was like, you cannot go out by yourself. And I was yeah. like, what? He goes, look, I just spotted you. I knew exactly who you were. He goes, it's not safe. Like, you cannot be moving around by yourself. Yo, it's scary, man. Like, there was, let me tell you this. Like, so I, <laughs> so I had a homie, right? And like, we've, we've been friends for, for a minute, right? And I knew he wasn't a great person. I know mm-hmm. like the shit that he did, but right. he was always nice to me, right? Cause I was a funny, goofy dude. People just like to have me around, mm-hmm. right? Like, I always said this. I was around people who were really bad. I was just, I just never did bad things. Yeah. And they always were very protective of me. But I remember I went to uh, go pick something up at his house. And <laughs> I get there. I had this like busted ass fucking like Isuzu Trooper, like this old car. I get there and I remember I close the door. I lock it. I walk to the door. I shit you fucking that I'm, I'm not making this up. I turn around and there's like eight people next to my car. I'm like, and then my homie comes out. He goes, he's good. <laughs> he just dispersed like cockroaches. Oh, yeah. I'm like, yeah. yo, where the fuck am I? Like, mm-hmm. What the fuck is going on? Yeah. He goes, oh, my whole family is on this whole fucking cul-de-sac. Mm-hmm. So when a car comes through that they don't recognize, they want to see who you are. They want to see what's up. Right. And I was like, did they come out of the sewage? Like, where the fuck did these it motherfuckers come from? It doesn't even dude? seem real, right? Yeah. I was like, yo, where did they come from? They just all came out from the house yep. and went to go see what's up. I was like, oh, shit. Man, my cousin. So I got five girl cousins. Mm-hmm. Five girl cousins that are fucking badasses. Let me tell you, you don't want the smoke. As Mm -hmm. I said, I'm the nice one of the family. I'm the most like, I want to say my sister is actually very well tempered. My sister, my sister is a, she's an asshole. Yeah. But she's way more confident than I've ever was smarter. Like her comeback. She, my sister's meticulous, right? She don't have to hurt you physically. But my cousins, they're all of it combined. They'll mm-hmm. chop you down with their words and they got four other sisters that will beat you up. Yeah. Like they've literally, sur- like it's a phone call. I need you to be here. 
call, 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 showing up. Like <laughs> it is like surrounding. You got the part. You blocked that door. You're on this side. You're over there. Like, let's go. My cousins are ride or die. Mm-hmm. The, beautiful, though. Beautiful, but will fuck you up. Like, you don't want to play with them. And like I said, I'm the nice one of the family. But I also know that if I ever have to call, you don't ever want me to have to call. When was the last time you got into like a fight? Oh, God, forever. Nah, I'm good. I think when I was working in the club, that's like the main thing. I was always, I never had to square up on anybody in a long, 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 long time. That's like a final last resort type shit. But when I was working in the club, because I did bottle service. So I got my first nightlife, you know, job at 21, three days after my 21st birthday. Okay. Went out to Club Aqua in Modesto doing hood rat shit with my friend. Shout out Nancy. Love you, girl. Club Aqua. Uh huh. So I went to Club Aqua. <laughs> not a place I enjoyed. Uh huh. I actually ended up working. At no, there was Club. a bunch of fucking Asian gangbangers there, dude. That yes. shit was fucking thuggish. Thuggish, right? So that should just tell you a little bit about me. That's yeah. where my first, like, Yeesh. yep. <laughs> you see a lot. Yeah. Been through a lot. But got my first nightlife job three days after my 21st birthday. I remember Manny, one of the uh, managers at the club, had seen me with my girl. You know, we're drinking and whatnot. And he was like, you ever thought about doing bottle service? I'm like, I'm sorry, sir. What are you talking about? No, I don't know what that is. Uh, and he's like, you want a job? Mind you, I knew a little bit about nightlife because my parents actually used to work the clubs in Hawaii. Yeah. My dad was one of the like main security and bouncers and did a lot of... Uh, private security stuff out there my mom actually was a bartender back in the day mm-hmm. so it's in our blood right so i took that job and i was out in modesto but being out there and in the club scene um you learn how to defend yourself and plus my dad put me up on a lot of shit i my dad used to walk past me and i used to have to block him he used to purposely try to smack me so that i would have my spidey senses up that is a fascinating human being my dad yes <laughs> my my dad <laughs> My dad used to walk around when we were sitting. Mind you, I used to do dips while I watched TV because I was training because I uh-huh. played travel sports. So I would always be working out. Everything was an opportunity to either learn or to work out or to just get better. Right. So my dad's like, what happens if somebody tries to attack you? So we used to do like, hand, yeah. drum, you know, hand stuff. You know, your ears can come off. You know, your eyes come out. You poke them in the nose. If you hit somebody in the head, what they're going to do, like where the head goes, the body follows. So I was trained my whole life. So when I got into the club, I'm already like just socking customers in the face for no reason. <laughs> senses were always on a thousand, right? I knew all my exits. This yeah. is the type of shit I would think about before entering any room. I mm-hmm. knew every exit. I knew all my security guards. I knew what to do just in case some shit went down. I knew who to trust and who not to trust. But it was bad. Like security always had to follow me. Like guys had the cameras. They always have to watch because guys would go and grab my ass. Men would go, like, I'm walking through the club because I'm doing bottle service. You're wearing, like, a swimsuit, a bodysuit. You're in, yeah. like, I'm half naked running around the club. And guys would try and grab me. Little did they know I wasn't the one that you would want to try to grab because yeah. I would grab them back. And I used to snatch dudes up and hold them while security comes and gets them. <laughs> oh, my God, this yes. bitch is strong. <laughs> it was like, what? So, like, it was, it was to the point to my last job I was at. I was working in San Francisco at um, Temple. And security cameras always knew and I had to have particular security guards around me because I don't think people realize how stupid people are when they drink, how dumb and the lack of like respect that people have for each other goes out the window. I've had guys try to slip their hand underneath like and when I tell you I turn around, I've definitely 
punch people in the back of the head. Yo, I'm trying to figure it out, is, like, what was the move, guy? Like, what was so, going to happen when you did that? On every uh, night, there would be a different occasion. So I never had to fight people or get into arguments. I mean, the last time I really, like I said, had to fight somebody was a long time ago. But I was constantly ready. That That's how I always felt, that I was always on edge because people were so disrespectful. Guys blatantly would try to grab your ass or try to grab your hand or try to pull you. And you have to establish yourself as someone not to fuck with because they will try to fuck with you. So many of these guys would go out and they would look for drunk girls or they would try to fill up on their butts or things like that. But little do they know, I got a long ass reach. <laughs> Yo, it's, I just had this funny ass image of a dude trying to grab mm-hmm. your ass, right? And then you literally lift him up in the middle of the air. And he's just like, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> like, why is this bitch so strong? What? Is this a man? Yeah. <laughs> when, I've had, when I've had people like look at the security guards, like help me. I'm like, if you don't get him, I will. Security <laughs> used to be like, you better get the guy out before Nikki gets to him because I'm on, I'm not going to stop. Yeah. I was like this. I do not tolerate that type of shit. And I wasn't yeah. scared. Did you ever have like co- co-workers who were doing bottle service that would just like take it? Yeah. Yeah. We've had that. You know, and I've been in the management position to where you got to learn how to handle these situations. You properly have to train people. And you have to let them know like, hey, you can't let them do that right. stuff. Right. And, you, and then you it. also have to be aware of when that happens. How are you going to react? You know, um, if you're working for a business and some... This is a real slimy part about a lot of it is that some people will overlook like the girls saying that like this person was disrespectful. They grabbed me and just be like, because they're spending so much money. They just let it go. They just let it go. Yeah. And I do love that where I've worked and the people I've worked with, when I say somebody touched me inappropriately, they knew I wasn't just lying and that I was more important than the sleazeball. And that's really... It sucks because not every woman is like that and not everybody's being trained to defend themselves, right? The only reason why I was always ready was because I was taught to be ready. Yeah. And a lot of people get caught off guard by it. And that's why it's so violating. Well, because for you earlier, when we, we were talking off on the podcast for like an hour, but mm-hmm. you were talking about like you uh, you had a moment where you realized that you were attractive because before yeah. you didn't you didn't realize that. Nope. What was that moment for you? College. Okay. Woo, let me tell you, I didn't realize I was good looking to college. Oh my God. Like I, again, in my family, you, uh, I got picked on by my family. Like yeah. by my family, it was, we were all pinned against each other. I felt like the adults growing up were in, thoroughly entertained by the, there was like eight girls, you know, and it was always a competition. Everything is about looks or dancing. Everything was entertainment. I danced hula. I was on stage, all this stuff. But my cousins also were very attractive early on. I was goofy fucking looking for a long time. Like I was ugly. <laughs> <laughs> Insert photo here. It's like, like, you know, uh, when I look at it now, I wasn't ugly, but in during that time and what it felt like, and I was super, super, you know, I was in the sun playing baseball all the time. So I had ugly ass tan lines. I had really bad acne. I was in a town where there was nobody else that looked like me. Yeah. Nobody. I graduated with less than a hundred people at my school. Jesus. Right. Uh, I didn't get asked to prom. I didn't get asked to prom. Everybody was afraid of my dad. Um, yeah, well, yeah, you didn't get asked to prom because your dad was yeah. fucking frightening as shit. Yes. Who the fuck would want to ask you to prom? That's Terrifying. like a death wish. Yes. Terrifying. So I didn't get asked to my senior prom. My dad actually had to help me find my date for my senior prom. And he had to threaten them. 
Actually not. <laughs> That's a different story, but I'll tell you about that. And that backfired on dad. That ended up working okay. out well for me. But uh, growing up, I just didn't look like anybody else. And I recently saw somebody say, uh, were you actually ugly growing up or did you just grow up around people who didn't look like you? Yeah. The reality of it was, is I really wasn't ugly. It's just, I was different. There was no mm. other, I'm mixed. I'm Hawaiian, Chinese, Filipino, and Irish. The fuck? Yeah. And people didn't know what I was. I have curly hair. I was really, really dark growing up. And they just were like, what are you? And of course, because I don't look like the standard, I was picked on. Nobody wanted to date me. I just felt very left out. And then my cousins, I felt were more conventionally pretty. I didn't look like anybody in my family either. So on top of it, I'm looking around like yeah. I am the goofy looking kid out of the pretty bunch. Yeah. So when I got to college and college was real diverse, you got guys from all mm -hmm. over. I didn't know what a light skin or like <laughs> exotic looking, you know, I didn't know what exotic was yeah. until I got to college. And when I got to college, I was that bitch. I was that bitch. <laughs> <laughs> period but i walked around and i knew it though i had the fucking attitude i was a you know softball and volleyball i played softball and volleyball in college was recruited to play basketball as well i could skateboard i was exceptionally well at like good at sports i used to tell invite all the teams to come watch me play because i just was so confident like i was so confident and the stage was the field for me or the court and I showed off. That's where I've always felt myself is in an athletic environment. Yeah. So when I got to college and I was getting all this attention, it wasn't just because I was good. And this was the first time that I was on a team and playing with people, not because I, you know, like they had to fill a quota. Like I'm supposed to be on this field. When I was playing travel ball, I was the broke brown girl. Mm. I was the I was the poor girl on the team. And my dad used to have to cook in order for us to be able to afford to play or and a lot of the times when you're doing it it's politics so this was the first time that i was where i was supposed to be and where i was you know felt good felt great i tell you this there's nothing that feels better than hitting a home run and hearing people cheer for you and having like everybody in the stands like that's nikki you yeah, know yeah 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 and so when i was in college i was in my zone and that's when I found out that I was attractive because I started realizing how people acted. You know, not only had I been goofy, these my dudes just opened up doors yes. for you for no fucking reason. It was like, whoa, what it like? It really felt like, what is this? Yeah, this attention, which is partially why you shouldn't be super, super strict to your daughters because they're gonna get to college and realize, oh, I could do whatever the fuck I want. <laughs> and I did whatever. It's a buffet. Like, Here we you go. Know? And I did whatever the fuck I wanted to do because yeah. my dad was super, super strict. So. Uh, that's when I found out and I really came into my own. I actually started modeling after I was done playing ball. Okay. And I had always wanted to model though. Uh, but in the modeling industry, being attractive isn't necessarily what models are. Yeah. That's not what you're, you're not there because you're the prettiest girl in the room. Being a model doesn't, that doesn't mean that you have to fit mm. a look. You're um, a hanger. You know, it's a looking different is good. So even when I knew I could model when I was younger, it wasn't because I was the prettiest girl. And then getting into college and the confidence and seeing how people reacted to me and then already being a dorky, goofy person and having a personality because you develop a personality when you're goofy growing yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's kind of when I started combining the two worlds, right? Like, okay, I'm good looking by what everybody's telling me, not just because I was feeling myself and I'm the shit. 
um, and then adding the personality in, and then all of the things that Wait, made me you, me. You had like this overprotective father, right? So when was yes. your when was your first kiss? Before we continue with this podcast, let's talk about our amazing sponsor, I. P vanish. If you are browsing the internet right now without a virtual private network, have you lost your stupid, stupid mind? Everybody is seeing your shit. You need to get IP vanish. You can use a VPN on your computers, tablets, phones, and even things like your fire stick when you're streaming media. When you use a VPN, all your data is encrypted. What you're reading, what you're searching, what you're watching, whatever it is you're doing. Here's everything you get with IP vanish. Anonymous IP addresses. You can circumvent any online censorship, get protection while using public Wi-Fi. And remember, with IP Vanish, all your data is encrypted so no one can snoop on what you're doing. So go to ipvanish.com slash brain. Claim your 65% savings. They have plans starting at $349 a month or $27.99 a year. This is the time to sign up with our discount and their current promotional offerings. You can get a VPN for 65% off the usual offering. IP Vanish is the best of the best. Even rated 4.7 out of 5 on Trustpilot, and that's more than 6,000 reviews. Show these guys some love. Remember, it's ipvanish.com slash brain to get the deal and start protecting yourself online. Junior high. Snuck it. I <laughs> snuck it. Okay. It was um, after basketball practice. It, I remember I remember it. It was after basketball practice, and everything had to revolve around uh, the sports schedule because that's yeah. the only gaps that you can get, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Shout out to all the parents that housed me because uh, they knew my dad was crazy, like legit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my first kiss was in junior high, and it was after a basketball practice, and it was like a real quick mm-hmm. sneaky sneak kiss. Okay. Yeah. And then that was it. Everything was revolved around everyone knew my dad. Everybody knew my dad was crazy. And everybody also knew my dad didn't give a fuck. There's a level to like, oh, you're intimidating. But when you just don't give a fuck, my that's, dad did not give scary. a fuck. It's terrifying. Uh, he okay, did so, well, not You had care. your first kiss in junior high. Then, yeah. right? And your dad was like this helicopter dad, right? Yeah. So when did you lose your virginity? Because in between those whole times is a frightening experience. It's terrified. So my boyfriend, which I, my dad knows I had a boyfriend in high school. I told him a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. And we actually sat down. I was like, by the way, dad, I had a boyfriend in high school. And he was like, I kind of figured and put two and two together when I started noticing a six foot something guy that didn't go to the same school as you showing up at some of these games sitting yeah. in the back. I dated this guy from Delhi, which is a town that's about 30 minutes away okay. from where I lived. But it was in the same um, district. Okay. So we played against each other's schools. And I remember freshman year of high school, I never seen a guy dunk before. <laughs> they were running <laughs> they were running court. Mind you, I am an athlete. So mm-hmm. the way that we view what's attractive normally is along the lines of the prep, you know, what you're doing. Yeah. So this guy, he was six foot four. Their whole team, they were running practices. You know, they he were running the ball, court. And all of a sudden, he had no shirt on. And he ducked the ball. And I literally looked to the person next to me. And I was like, that one. I was like, Nikki, there's a puddle where you were sitting. I, I was. And I need- oh, my <laughs> God. I just rem- I remember it. Oh, and there was like three. They were all friends. And I just had never seen like guys that look like that before. He was just like the most attractive man I've ever seen. But here's the funny part. That same day, my friend, well, one of the girls that I went to school with from an elementary school actually transferred to the school that they were at. Yeah. And I had seen her and we played in band together. Okay. This like, yeah, I played trumpet. I was in band and yeah. I, I loved it too. I don't care. I loved band. Yeah. Okay. And I'd seen her and her name was Patty. And I was like, Patty, 
we just started talking. I was like, yo, who's that? And she was like, oh, that's, you know, that's so-and-so. And I was like, I need to meet him. <laughs> I just seen him. and I was like, I need to meet him. And so she arranged for us to meet. We talked. We exchanged numbers my freshman year of high school. And for a year and a half, we spoke every day. We would sneak to talk to each other on the phone. I actually, we ended up dating. Like, we ended up getting together. And a lot of it was the sneaking. My sister definitely helped me with a lot. Of course, of course. um, Helped me with the sneaking of the phones. And, you know, this is house phones. Yep. Back when you had to grab both of the phones at like scheduling and timing them like uh-huh. he's definitely called the house before and pretended to be a girl you know like all these get things get the fuck out yes. of here hello yes like all the of, fuck oh my god and so but he was your friends are ugly see he was a bigger dude so he was about six four in high school holy shit yeah so he so he was a bigger dude and it was very upfront about how my dad was so he knew what he was getting himself into his family knew and then uh one day i actually had to tell my mom about it and we snuck because she's like, don't tell your father if we're going to keep it between us. I love my mom because the only reason why I had a life was because of her. She knew dad was crazy, but she also knew why dad was crazy. Dad did not want me to get knocked up in because high that's school. That's how it was in Hawaii. Yes. And yeah. he knew that there was a bigger plan for me. Yeah. One thousand percent. My parents always believed in me in anything I was going to do, but I had to get there first. Yeah. I used to cry to my mom and be like, mom, I can't take this. Like, I can't do this. This is, she's just like, make it to 18, baby. Just make it to 18. Just graduate. Just graduate. All you got to do is just graduate. Keep doing what you're doing. It's going to be better out there. Promise. Right? <laughs> That's how my mom was with the comedy thing. She goes, but it was more like, I just need you to graduate college yeah. and then you could do whatever you want. Whatever you want. But you just got to just hold it in. Just, yeah. keep, just keep going. Mom was like, I got you as long as you don't lie to me. Mm-hmm. And I need to know where you're going and what you're doing. Somebody has to know the truth yeah. about what you're doing. Like somebody has to know, because if anything happens and you're lying and we can't find you, yeah, it's on you. Like somebody has to always know what's going on. Um, we did the long distance thing. I would I ended up playing a, on a travel team out there? I picked. I started playing on a, like a shitty travel team out in that town. I made friends with the girls that were there. Like my best friend to this day. Like two of my best friends are actually. From they went to school with him. That's funny. To this day, because I used to stay at their house. Yeah. Their parents knew my dad was. Woo-hoo. They knew, and so there was so many people that like helped raise me to not be completely sheltered and like not get to live life. And I would stay at like a friend's house, and we get to see each other. Or when uh, my dad would do something, or I had a game, like they would come. It was a lot of strategic planning mm-hmm. to make this happen. But the one day when my mom actually had to find out about it was still mad at my sister about this though. So he came over. Okay. My dad snores very, very loud. Like like my dad, my dad snores. He has like sleep apnea and shit. Yes. So loud. And that's how we were able to maneuver around the phone and to maneuver around getting out of the house. Dad snoring. You have to time it perfectly. Cause once you hear the, yep. He's yeah. going to wake up soon. Yeah. Consistent snore. We're good. It's when it stops. Right. So I'm like, Chrissy, he's going to come over. Chrissy's my sister's name. I was like, he's going to come over. We're going to be in the backyard. Now there's motion sensors for the lights. Oh my God. This yes. is some 007 yes. shit. Holy shit. That, this is how we had to plan because I would be dead. Yeah. My dad would have killed me with no remorse. He would have been like, you made me do it. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. You made me do this. So I'm like, all right, Chrissy. Keep the lights on in the room. We're going to act like it's, you know, it's 
natural act, natural. The TV's going. I'm like, this is what's happening. I'm going to go into the back. Dad's still sleeping. If dad wakes up, you know the signal. Go walk by the light. The light's going to come on. He's going to run out. We got this. This is fucking hilarious, yes. man. Like, I cannot believe this shit right Oh, yeah. Now. We were ready, okay? Well, I was ready. So he comes into the back. So we're in the backyard and the way that it's set up, it's kind of like, so this is the main house and the backyard. It's like a little bit by like the sign, right? Yeah. I still have time in case need be and he could run. We had the latch on the gate to mm -hmm. where in case he needed to bolt out. We had it all set up, right? Oh, well, so we're in the backyard. Chrissy decides that she just doesn't know what to say when mom goes, where's your sister? Her face just told everything, everything. So my mom comes bolts in the backyard. No time, like no time bolts in the backyard comes through. Mind you, he's six foot four. You could see the back of his head while he was leaving the gate like he yeah. was running you know we're like ah like scatter 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 so my mom sees the back of his head mind you my mom doesn't know that i have a boyfriend doesn't know what's going on sees the back of his head she's like get your fucking ass in this house right now oh my god that shit's so scary and my mom has never hit me yeah but i knew i was fucked yeah so go in the house dad is still asleep thank god she sits me down. She goes, first off, you fucking stink. Because I smelt like him. Yeah. Who is that? And I'm bawling, right? I'm crying. I'm like, oh, shit. I'm fucked. I'm done. My mom actually thought it was the guy that I had a crush on in kindergarten. She was like, was that so-and-so? I was like, oh, my God, mom. No, 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 no. Like, mom, that mom. was like fucking like yes. 12 years ago. <laughs> right. And I'm like, mom, no, no, no. It's not him. And she's just like, who is it? And this is when the first conversation about like sex and stuff had to mm -hmm. happen with my mom's mom's like, you have a fuck like you got a fucking dude in the backyard. Do you not know how stupid you are? Like yeah. you are fucking dumb. Your dad is going to kill you. Who yeah. is this person? I just remember bawling and crying because I'd already been in love with this guy. This was like the my first, first love. love. And I was crying. I was like, Mom, this is so and so and I love him. And, and I had like that. dogs. Have you ever seen a man dunk before? It's crazy. He's so sweet. He's so nice. He's smart. He was, I mean, he was smart. He was athletic. He was family oriented. These are, I thank God, my first love had like really good qualities. I'm on to, I'm on to something here. Yeah. And I just remember just blurting it all out and just telling her like, he's a good guy. I swear. His mom is great. I've met his dad. We've been together for a long time. And I pulled out his um student id because uh -huh. that was back when you like gave each yep. other your yep. ids and i remember i pulled out the student id and i showed her and she was like oh he's really he's like really cute uh -huh. okay okay and my mom just like i just was bawling and i was crying and she was like okay now we have to have a talk yeah she goes i don't want you to not have a normal life she's like you do deserve to be able to have a relationship but we got to set some rules and we got to set some boundaries. She's like, also, your dad cannot find out about this. You cannot tell him that I know because he's going to kill me. <laughs> it's like once he finds out, but I didn't know shit. I didn't know shit. Pretty much is that that's yeah. exactly what she said. And once I'm beating he your finds ass out, in front of him mm -hmm. because I got to play up the part. <laughs> yes. And so my mom was the reason why I was able to have like a boyfriend and to have like to get to experience a lot of those things. I didn't lose my virginity till I was like 17 and a half. Because he guy? wanted, yeah, same guy. He wanted to wait. So, Damn, yeah, him, that's good. yeah. He was. I mean, he really, he really was a good guy. His family was so understanding. They knew how my dad was. 
And a lot of people around us knew that I had a very strict, very, very, very strict dad. And so the people Damn. you yeah. waited. Well, you guys got together when you were 14. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. Damn, dude. Yeah. What happened to him? <laughs> he cheated on me when he because he was a year older than me. So when he oh. got into when he got into college, because uh, you made him wait too long. I that's made why. Him wait. Well, a lot no. of it had to do with because we couldn't tell my dad. Oh, yeah. He would have died. He would have died. And yeah. so, I mean, I understand now looking back. I'm like totally like, yo, I'm just even surprised y'all dealt with it this long. But the funny part is, is that. I ran into his mom recently with my dad. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I ended up telling my dad about it, who he was, all the, you know, the backstory and everything. But his mom never liked my dad because she always knew that he wasn't going to be accepting of her son. Exactly. So it was a really strange experience when they saw each other because in my dad's head, he just was like, oh, because he's a different person from fucking like yeah you know he just was like oh hi yeah sorry about what happened when they were younger and whatever and i just saw the look on his mom's face and i'm just going i'm so sorry just not in smile yeah you know because in her eyes she saw a lot of the shit that we went through and i went through and her son went through with us trying to be together yeah and we actually really did care about each other and in my dad's eyes he had no idea but still is not sorry so you i was really gonna ask that like does your dad ever regret no like how he was a little too strict and no i don't think so we've talked about it my dad and i are super close and uh throughout a lot of the stuff that happens to us as children if you want to have your family or somebody in your life you either forgive them or just accept how they are or accept how they are and i've done the latter i've just accepted it my dad and i were able to talk i mean i became who he wanted me to become i was like your job is done you don't have to teach me more shit. Like, you don't got to be mean. You don't got to yell at me. You don't got to do that no more. Yeah. You won. Mm-hmm. Graduated. Went to school. No babies. I'm working. I take care of myself. Like, you've. I've only had to call you a couple times because I fucked up. But look it. You did good. So. And now I'm over here just dreaming about Trey Song's dick because oh. of you, dad. <laughs> Fuck that. My dad would tell me to go date him. My dad is so pro date. Like, go out there. Go out there. Date. Well, do the what you want. Where the fuck was that when you were younger, huh? Uh, that's so interesting right because i don't think like like i mentioned this before but you know just to keep that story short like i i had a moment with my father where this is like the last fight that we had it was like four years ago like we, we mm. haven't fought since so it was like this understanding of like like I've, i kind of had this idea that one day that he would apologize for the stuff that he did right you, you believe that i was like he's gonna he's gonna see right because mm-hmm. his son's successful he's doing his own thing and he's going to see the fallacy in how he chose to raise me, mm. right? And then the stuff that he dis- and he didn't want me to do that I did anyways. And I became successful doing it, right? Because mm-hmm. his idea of, of my life was that he wanted me to be this straight A student, does really well in school or mm. whatever. Knowing how I am as a person, he just chose to ignore that. It's like, I'm a goofball, which a part of it's right because I am a business owner, which, yeah. is he, which is kind of the path that he thought I was going to do, which he was technically right because, mm-hmm. you know, like I, I look at where we're at. Yeah, you know, matcha franchise and all sort of stuff. Right. So it's like okay, but I remember this moment where he had this. He we had a conversation and he said, "Yeah, like I, I, I always knew that you were going to be successful in this type of stuff because you know I'm the reason why this this you're so good at what you do." They take credit. Yeah, and I stopped and I looked at him. I was like, <laughs> "No, that's not it." You know, I was like, "I remember I did this stuff in spite of you." Like that, mm. like you know what I mean. It really? was I did that to prove you wrong. It wasn't okay. to. This wasn't because you supported me. Yeah. Right. 
and he was like, "What are you talking about?" My dad said the funniest shit, and this 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 actually it's funny now, but I, I got so mad because he was like, "You don't remember when I told you that if you wanted to be a comedian, I'd send you to comedy college?" And I'm like, "Dad, <laughs> what the fuck is, is comedy, comedy college?" college? <laughs> right? And I'm like. There's no such thing as comedy college, <laughs> oh you fucking you jackass. You get straight A's in comedy college. Yeah. I support you. And so he was like, there's no there's, a, there's no comedy college? Okay. <laughs> and so he shows me the theater program in Stanford. Stop it. Stop. No, he... Do oh, your like, dad is like that. I'm like, dad. Wow. I have to get into Stanford. <laughs> who, who am I? Like, what are you talking about? He goes, there's a comedy college. You know, he's screaming, right? And so I'm just sitting there and then we got into this huge fight. And like the, one of the things that I said to him was like, you have never, ever had a conversation with me. I was like, you're mm. very good at speaking to me, but you're never good at having a conversation with me. I was like, my whole life, you've always told me how to do things, when to do things. You never said you did a good job. You never mm. said thank you. You never said I'm sorry. I was like, you want us to have a good relationship? Try talking to me like a person. And he said something very poignant. And he was like, I have never done that with anybody in my life. Yeah. And I was like, it's not going to start with you. He was like, your your grandparents, your grandma and grandpa never spoke to me that mm. way. And I'm only a better version of them. I was like, and I know that I'm very similar to them. And I was like, the difference between me and you and them is that you think you're so much better than me. And I know that I'm not better than my parents. So he goes, so I'm not going to change. I don't have a willingness to change. Right. I don't think what I'm doing is wrong. This is just how I am. So at this point, if you don't understand that, I'm 62 years old. Right. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> you like, think I'm going to fucking change <laughs> he now? He said, if you think that I'm going, I did the best that I yeah. could. He goes, this is my best. If you can't accept me for that, mm. then who's right here? Yeah. And I was like, oh, I'm wrong. I'm a little wrong right now because he. I'm asking for empathy for him, but I won't empathize for him as right. well. So at that point, I was like, I get it. Like, yeah. I'm not going to have like this, you know, the seventh heaven fucking, you it's, know, dad. Yeah. How you doing, son? How you feeling? Yeah. It's not going to happen. My dad's going to come in. He's going to say, hey, you did this wrong. Right. Do better next time. Mm -hmm. Are you hungry? <laughs> yeah. And this is how, that is how it is. I got lucky you know? because I forgave my dad. Mm -hmm. I felt like there was a lot of things that happened that he did that really fucked me up that I had to learn how to work through. And I did things because of how I was raised and I had to unlearn a lot of habits. Yeah. And I remember constant like my dad and I, even throughout all the madness and the craziness, mm -hmm. my dad Drove me till I was 18. I didn't get my license till I was 18. My dad. Same here. Yeah. I didn't drive till I was 18. Everything he he would always say, anything you ever need, I can do for you. I had a stay at home dad. Yo, let me tell you something right now, right? <laughs> I don't know if you relate to this shit, but that's so fucking funny that you say this shit. My dad used to piss me off because like he would get angry at me for not knowing how to do things when he would do everything for me. Yep. And I would get pissed. It's like, well, you don't let me do shit. Mm -hmm. Like, let me do shit. Yeah. Then I would know how to do it. You can't yell at me for both things. Oh. It doesn't make sense. Everything was a learning lesson, though, with my dad. So that, like I said, I use the word that I've been trained my whole life because that's what it was. I was yeah. trained. Like when it comes to, okay, so we had a house full of <laughs> big ass hungry horns, okay? So the job got to clean, everything certain, you know, everybody got chores, mm -hmm. got things you got to clean. And rice was like the, rice is the foundation and the staple of every Asian, mixed Asian, whatever type of Asian island household, rice is the foundation. Mm -hmm. And if you fuck up the rice, they're going to fuck you up. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> And one of the things that would always happen is that my dad, everything was a lesson. So I was raised with lessons. 
I didn't get the, oh, you don't know how to do it because you didn't, sh- uh, you don't know how to do it because I didn't show you. It was, I fucking showed you how to do it. Why don't you know how to do it right away? Or why can't you just know what I'm thinking? Yeah. So like when groceries would come in, because a big house, a lot of groceries, one of the things was I always had to carry all the rice bags. Multiple rice bags every week, you know, the mm-hmm. rose rice. I'm carrying God the rice. Damn, that bag was fucking heavy, heavy. too. So I, I would carry that bag. I would carry like two bags at a time, right? So everything was like a training because I'm conditioning. Damn, you were way stronger than me. I could only hold one. I was, I like, was, I was like, one bag, no, dad, that's all I got. No, dad would be like, carry both of them. Yeah. Let me show you how to carry both. Like everything was always like that. But let me tell you that if shit wasn't right after you do it, it was, it was, it was a catastrophe. Yeah. And the reason why... I forgive my dad was because I know how my grandpa was mm-hmm. and my dad was the oldest. And the way my grandpa treated my dad was how my dad treated me rules. Very strict. My dad had to be home before the lights came on. Uh, he would get taken out of practice for bullshit. Uh, Papa used to drink. So Papa was an alcoholic. So a lot of crazy shit. And if anybody has grown up with alcoholic parents, you like not just, Oh, they like to drink occasionally, but like full blown alcoholics Wake up in the morning drink. Yes. When you grow up, sleep, drink, right. When meal, pe- drink. Yeah. When people don't show up for three days, like just go missing or shit happens. Like when you grow up around people like that, their behaviors are normal to them, but not normal to anybody else. And yeah. if you're living in that world, you become accustomed to that type of treatment. Uh-huh. So you never know what's going to happen. So you always got to be ready. You just got to know. And that's, where I realized later on in life, like my papa fucked up my dad, like their relationship. My dad just really wanted to be close to his dad. And I loved my grandpa. My grandpa passed away and I saw how hurt my dad was by his dad never understanding him or never being sorry or, you know, always picking on it. My grandpa picked on my dad till he died. Yeah, I remember that. And so I told my dad, I said, I don't want to be like you. I don't want our relationship to be that way. I don't want to hate you. I mean, our parents are just a, a better version of their parents before totally. them. Totally. And so they're, you know, they can only do so much and I'm going to be a little better version of right. my father. And I just knew, I saw the hurt in my dad's eyes and I'm so close to my dad. My dad writes me poetry. Like I'm my dad's hip child. I'm his little star. Mm-hmm. So when I see my dad hurt, it makes me so sad. And I just hated that he was treating me the way his dad treated him. And I remember as an adult after, you know, I'm already grown. This is not happening while I'm in high school or when I'm living with them. This is what this was really like. I have the option to never talk to you again. Yeah. And I don't want that. And I know why you are the way you are, but I love you. So you need to like you need to knock some of the shit off. Really? I, you know, at one point I told my dad, I was like, you got to knock it off. You make me not want to come home. I want to come home. I love you. Yeah. So I remember after that, it became as adults, my dad looked at me different and I always told him, I said, hey, I plan on taking care of you forever. You always going to be good. You like my best friend, but you keep doing shit like your dad did. And I'm not going to let you do that no more. Yeah. Stop it. Papa's gone. You know, like, stop it. I don't want to feel like you. I don't want to be mad at you when it's too late. We're going to work on this now so that we don't have to do that. And. The way our family works now, my mom will straight up be like, baby, I miss you. Like our relationship is like I have a mom and dad now. Yeah. I didn't have a mom and dad growing up. I had parents. 
I have. I think it just also stems because like it seems like every single move that they made and their motive was to make sure mm. that you were going to be good and successful. That's because it. Because they didn't want to see the same tropes that everybody fell through in Hawaii. Yes. Because, you know, people having kids at a young age mm-hmm. doing all this stupid shit. So they're trying so hard to be so much better than what they were before that they've kind of forgot to be like a friend. Um, uh, yeah. like somebody that you could confide into they just wanted to set these rules yeah you know also too like i gotta say and a lot of people don't understand this it's like when you're fucking poor your life yeah. is stressed like <gasps> it's every day it's hard like your like your parents romantic relationships become a side story they don't have a romantic there, there rela- a, i was like what is exist. a romantic relationship it, it when, when tim brought up his parents and yeah, they, have what a, I'm saying. they have a romantic relationship it doesn't exist didn't know what that was it was a partnership it i was is. taught mm-hmm. they were partners and I was telling this too, it's like, you know, I started to understand a little bit more, like some people can't understand why people who, you know, didn't grow up with a lot, they they whoop their kids uh, a lot. Yeah. And the reason why is because they don't have time to speak to their kids. Nope. They're too busy working. They're too busy whether there's going to be food on the table. There's too, they're too busy trying to figure out the light's going to be on. They're fighting with their spouse. Things become stressed. It's like, there's like a, I forgot what the stat is, but there's an actual stat to show like the level of like domestic and violence and like all this type of trouble increases with less money right like when you're stressed out about shit just getting by that idea of having your this time to sit and talk to your kid for three hours about why they're doing things it's not there yeah like my parents were working like 80 hours a week and i was there working with them too i saw that shit we yeah. were all exhausted mm-hmm. so the idea so we they didn't have time they just knew that look this kid's gonna fuck up i'm gonna sock him real quick <laughs> you know so they know that if they do this they'll get socked yeah. they don't know about the psychology behind these things because they're not having the time to read that shit no they just know that if this hurts them they'll stop yeah. hopefully and that's about it and yeah. you know it's just the, like time is luxury like money creates opportunities yeah. for a lot of different things aside from just getting you know stuff that you like it also allows for people to relax yeah like my parents started becoming better stuff and started fighting less when our business started doing better of course right, right. convenient right the, yeah you, how, know, you see how, how, how that works <laughs> yeah so when people say like i always say this too Money isn't everything to me, right? Mm-hmm. It, it really 100%. Everybody knows this about me. Like, I could give a fuck less. Like, when people tell me they got dope shit, I could fucking give a shit less. Yeah. Right? But I do understand the the comfort that money allows. Mm-hmm. Like, when I say I don't care about money, I'm talking about I don't like to live lavishly. Right. But I like to live comfortably. Of course. And so these are the things that are important to me because I know what it's like to struggle with money. It causes fights. It causes trouble. When you are worried about your meal the next day, mm-hmm. everything is in disarray. Yeah. Like you get, you're just stressed the fuck out. Yeah. You know? I'm super thankful that I had my, my mom bust her ass. Like what gender roles uh, a lot of people think is normal i didn't grow up around right yeah so, same with my mom yeah i had a stay-at-home dad my dad raised me my dad everything and always let me know he would do anything for me i play travel balls two thousand dollars a season they believed in me i i i can't be ungrateful because i've never dealt with the adversity from home yeah. you know how some people have to grow up and they have to prove their parents wrong yeah that's not what i grew up with I grew up with supportive parents and and people around me that truly believed and saw me that I was going to go somewhere. And I always had the chip on the shoulder that I need to live up to it. Yeah, mom was the exact opposite. Let me tell you something. My you, dad, you had the my, negative. My dad, my dad was like, listen, you got to work at this store because you're dumb as fuck. Like, <laughs> you're not going to make a living I mean, doing it. I will tell you this. My, my dad did. <laughs> let me tell you this. One day, so I did radio. So my parents still live in Newman. Like, that's where we moved to. They live yeah. right around the corner from the house that I grew up in, right? Like, they own their home, small, small, cute little home. They, they're still there. And the radio station that I was on, Kwin plays in the Valley. So 99.7, um, 
it's out there in the valley 98.3 and i did the morning show and my parents i mean my dad is a proud fucking dad let me yeah. tell you he has my maxim my swimsuit maxim magazine calendar like he would keep in his car this is my yes, daughter yes and he would do it because he loved watching guys get nervous uh-huh. so my dad like thinks it's the funniest thing when people find out he's my dad he loves it but my parents are super 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 supportive and they tuned in and they listen and everybody's listening but i remember one day um i had gotten off of air and we had a segment called uh dear nikki yeah where people would write in about problems questions issues now i get a phone call from my dad and my dad goes hey what you study in school it's like uh you know i just kind of just kind of went general mm-hmm. why he goes you know, you know, I love you, right? He's like, yes. He goes, I never knew you were smart. I was like, what? <laughs> he goes, oh, the way you went say all that, that was real good. Like, you should go, go finish school. Like, go school for psychology. Like, wow, you real, you real smart. Like, baby, that was really good. I tell you, that was the first time that I realized that my dad didn't think I was smart growing up. Like, he was, That's so fucking I, funny. I was like, wait, hold on a second, dad. You thought I was stupid? Yes. It's so, like, that's why you play baseball. Right. <laughs> God he, damn it. He literally said, I always knew you you were going to be okay, but we knew you modeled. That's so fucking but funny. But when you got into radio, they were a little bit like, so you want them to just listen to you? Like, It's like, why? You're pretty. You're pretty. You're smart. You're smart in the sense of knowing how to do that. Like, they knew, like, being in front of the camera was going to be cake. They were like, you good. So when I got into radio, I'm pretty sure my parents went, oh, oh I don't know if you should be making that left over there because you're going to, you're taking away from the moneymaker. That's money maker. fucking funny. But that day, I remember sitting in my car in the complex that I was at. I just got off air. And when he told me that I died laughing, I was like, holy shit, you thought I was stupid. He goes, we knew you were pretty. And we always knew you were going to probably marry well. <laughs> That's fucking funny, dude. It's like it's like the sweetest, most biggest insult ever. And to this day, that was a moment to where I was like, wow, I love you guys, but... Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> dick. That's fucking and funny. everybody, like overall, my whole family, because I'm the dork. I'm goofy. I definitely was the... Like it wasn't all there. Like all the pieces don't, didn't connect, and it, yeah. everybody kind of yeah. knew that. I knew I was dorky, and but I didn't know people didn't think I was smart. They just knew I just like to talk a lot. Uh-huh. But it's just like, oh, Nikki just likes to talk, and that was the first time that I was like, you guys fucking actually listen to me, and now it's cool. I just picture your dad. It's like, you know how to read? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yo, what the fuck, man? Dad was like, because I took a lot of uh, honors classes. Like they knew I was smart. Right. Like I took all I was smart, but they didn't know that it would translate into like logic. Right. They knew I was book smart. But that's why my dad trained me the way he did, because he was worried. He was like, you a little ditzy like you. You're going to take you're going to be taken advantage of. So my dad always pumped all that stuff into me so that I wouldn't get taken advantage of. So when I did that that day and I started doing um, the advice segment with Dear Nikki, he was like, you're actually really like you're really it's like you smart. know things yeah you know things oh you listened that's where he kind of went oh shit you actually did hear me when i was giving you lessons growing up and my dad is always my example for so many things the reason why i have a career in speaking is because of the shit he put me through yeah yeah yeah. the good the bad the ugly i love my family but that's my that's where my values come from mm-hmm. and where i speak from because i've gone through a lot of shit and when you go through a lot of stuff, you can empathize with people, yeah. right? And then if you could learn how to articulate those things and translate it, mm-hmm. like you can actually help people. 
So he heard that and was like, oh, shit. Full circle moment. I just find it so funny. Your dad just carries like, hey, what, oh. you, what you go to school for? Yeah. He's like, he's, Yo, your dad's fucking funny, dude. No, my dad was like, oh, I remember you in class. Oh, but man, that's so fucking funny. I never funny. know what you went to school for. I just know you was there. At least your dad called you smart. My dad still hasn't called me smart no? yet. Man. He know your boy smart, you jackass. <laughs> Uh, no. You would love, I, I feel like I brag about my parents a lot mm-hmm. because that's, they're just dope. I think my dad is one of the coolest people I've ever met. I think my mom is strong as fuck. Like yeah. her and I didn't have a relationship till I was old enough to understand what she had to sacrifice to get me where I am. Well, that takes time and age. Time. Like uh, when I always tell like these kids who ask advice for their parents, it's like, I could I could tell you everything like the right answers. You're not going to know until you get older because you just haven't lived that life. yet. you don't you can't empathize with stuff that you haven't experienced. Can't yet. relate. They you have know? no idea. They don't know what struggle is. Like you said, like most yeah. people don't know what it is to be poor, like poor, poor. Like we're not talking about, oh, I just didn't have the newest shoes. It's like, no, no, no poor. Like, <laughs> like poor. Like, <laughs> like I lived poor. in a house with 13 people. We yeah. had wick. We had food stamps back when it was brown paper. I remember my aunt buying the food stamps from my mom for cash. Like that's the type of shit that we grew up around. Purple drink. If you don't know what purple drink or government cheese is, you don't know. When tang, you, baby. Tang, that's nice. Y'all had tang? <laughs> we had you tang. Know, you remember well, the little packets mm-hmm. that were like uh, five cents a packet mm-hmm. and then making that? But that was... Otter pops. We, But you know what? My parents always, our family, because there was a lot of us that raised us. It wasn't just mom and dad. We had a lot of adults that raised us. Oh, we always knew our position in life. We yeah. knew we was poor. They never pretended like we had more than what we had. You know, we always knew. But the goal always was, this isn't it. This isn't how you're supposed to live. My parents always reminded, this ain't normal. You're going to be better. You're going to go to school. You're going to learn. Finances, my grandma put me up on finances real, real young. My mom taught me about credit cards real, real young. I never, I always never needed anybody. And they always made sure I, I mean, your parents that. did a really great job. I my parents didn't know that shit. They're just but like, you're good, though. They're, they're I, like, I, you figure it out. You know, but I mean? that worked though. Look at where you are. Like yeah. everybody's motives are different, and it didn't work for a long time. I felt there was a big space in me, a very big hole, a lot of resentment, a lot of hurt, a lot of pain. And my sister used to tell my dad, "You fucked her up." Like there, I had real issues with mm. a lot of things. Getting in, I didn't know how to be an individual. I had no idea what that meant. I was told to play ball. Yeah, I was told I needed to do this. Somebody dictated my life till I was done with sports. Mind you, nobody really talks about the effects on a, on a female athlete. My whole life has been, I've been told what to do. And then I have to learn how to do things well, on my own. that's why a lot of like, these male athletes, they get fucked. Right. They don't know what to do with their money. They don't know what to do with their time. Don't know what to do. When you see these fighters, like specifically fighters, boxers, kickboxers, UFC fighters, mm-hmm. their whole identity is about knocking people out and right. winning. When you take that away from them, and that usually happens because of age, and it's not something that due to their own issues, it's just you just got old. It's one of the hardest things to deal with because your whole identity was built on doing this one mm-hmm. fucking task. That's it. And you didn't have anything else besides either the belt that you were looking for, the trophy, yeah. or the goals, and that was it. Yeah. Yeah. They, you, finding yourself. A lot of athletes are great at what they do because that's all they have to do. And everybody around them makes it comfortable for them to do those things. The finances, everything else everything, is all done. Yeah. Right? As long as I do well, things are taken care of. I had a balance because I had to earn my spot because financially we couldn't just afford to be in these places. So I had to work 10 times harder than anybody else. 
And I had no idea who I was, what I wanted. If, you know, when I was done playing sports, you could have asked me what I'd like to do for fun. I don't know. I didn't know. Like sports, I'm just doing dips, like watching the TV. That's all I'm doing. I train. uh, I love to win. I'm competitive. Uh, You give me a task, I have to accomplish it. I have certain tendencies of only athletes that want to be the best at everything they do get yeah somebody recently asked me um why can't you just do something for fun i said winning is fun yeah going and playing a game that i don't know how to play i need to learn how to play the game first in order for it to be fun because i don't under i don't understand that's stressful as fuck stressful as fuck but a lot of it stems from my dad dictating my whole life coaches dictating my whole life teachers dictating everything i'm the opposite now i don't do that shit i just ride my bike like a little little like, homo i'm just, I'm just, just yeah. I'm not, I'm but just, it took forever to get to a place to where i'm doing what i like i have a personality now that i didn't have before but that took time like i really didn't know any of it and my mom always put she's like break away as much as possible you need to figure out who the fuck you are and then my dad after a certain point was like you need to figure out who you are okay my job's done. What do you like? What do you not like? Who are you? Can you actually stand up for yourself? Do you just listen to like, I'm great at listening to authority. I know I know how to do what I'm told. And it just took so long to become this person that throughout all of that, I'm so thankful. But I know that when I have kids one day, there's going to definitely going to be things that I don't do the same, but I'm happy that my parents. I mean, you'll try your best, you know. Oh, I'm just happy that my kids are going to have grandparents that love them and want, you know, like want the best for them. That's the one thing at the core of all of it. Most kids don't realize some parents. I wouldn't say all because some people shouldn't be parents, period. Some some of y'all, unfortunately, are being raised by parents. By people who had kids they didn't know that they were going to be parents and it's yeah. really unfortunate so i don't take my parents for granted and my whole goal at the end of this is to take care of them yeah what motivates me is i uh i tell my mom and dad like you fuckers need to get healthy because by the time i have a baby i'm gonna need somebody to watch them man you're gonna tell some hawaiian parents to <laughs> yes. get healthy good yes. fucking luck dude. yes i tell my dad all the fucking all the time my dad has fucking no congestive- portuguese sausage eggs Yo, and rice are you nuts por- oh my god my dad already had like has had congestive heart failure since i was like 15 oh, he, he gotta cut that shit out then. and and the thing is, is i'm the last one in my family now to not have a kid and i want them to be around and my mom and dad are so dope because they know hey whenever you're ready to have a kid we're here to help you we want you to continue, like, we want you to know that your career doesn't stop because you have a baby. Yeah. And they're 1000%. My mom looks forward to the day that they get to watch the kids when I go and work. Yeah. And that's what I feel like a parenting goal is that, like, support. So I don't take them for granted. That's why I'm thankful that I forgave. Cause if I never forgave, I would be missing out. I, yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't get to experience any support. of this. Yeah. yeah. Shit's well, wild. guys, that wraps up this episode of the yeah. Genius Brain Podcast. I mean, there's so much more to talk about. I could probably talk for another eight <laughs> hours, but she got to fly and we got to eat. Yes. So <laughs> uh, where Man. can they find you? Uh, everywhere at Nikki Blades. Man, no, just for real. Thank you for having me. Hey, man. Well, I wanted to be here for so long. Yeah, you what they call genius brain, man. They call genius brain therapy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you guys can find Nikki Blades at everywhere Nikki Blades. Uh, mm-hmm. She just dropped merch uh, not too long ago, so make sure you guys cop that. You can catch her on the No Chaser podcast. Mm-hmm. You can see her on the radios in the morning. Yep. And then all you other guys, just continue to jack off to her photos. You guys are already doing it anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Every Thursday and Sunday's Genius Brain Podcast. We'll see you next time. Peace.
Bye.